The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. So uh, Friday night, you know, we bought a place. It was the old uh, Butler County uh, uh, School Bus Depot. And uh, for two years, I've been down there wandering around. People would come in and say, what are you building? I'd say, I have no idea. Uh, I preached a message one time. It was the longest title I ever had. It was, if the answer to where are you going is not sometimes I don't know, then maybe your control is out of control. Uh, Because Abraham looked for a city he knew not of. And sometimes you just, you hear a pulse beating in the distance and you try to follow it. Uh, Friday night, I preached on Beyond the Thunder from uh, John 28 and 29. That was our first service on Rosh Hashanah, Friday night. And uh, that's where Jesus, the Father, spoke to Jesus, and the people around him thought it thunder. And, you know, the ear is an amazing thing. It has to be tuned. Everybody that has appendages hanging on the side of their head does not hear great difference between hearing and listening. You've got to train yourself to listen. Seven times in the book of Revelation it says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And that was the problem that day. They heard Jesus hear something, but they didn't hear what he heard. They heard Jesus hear something, but they didn't know what he heard. And it happens in church all the time. There's a crowd that's kind of perimeter. They're not studying the word. I, you know, I don't know if you know who Gregory Dickow is. He's, a, he's on TV. He's a great preacher evangelist. And he was given stats the other day, and one of them is that 80% of, of Christians do not study their Bible regularly. Amos said in chapter 8, in the last days there would be a famine of hearing the word. Not, 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 I mean, there's word everywhere. And there's sometime uh, the prophet, uh, I believe it was Isaiah, said that we have become like one of those that sing a pleasant song. You remember when you hear a song, man, you love it. You just, you want to hear it over and over and over. The word of God can become like that. You know, it, it's, it's Doc, it's old Josh, it's Pastor, it's whoever we want to name. It's, you know, it's, it's Kenneth Copeland, it's Joyce Meyer. And there's kind of a, a, a law, a sleep that we fall into. And, and suddenly we're not really listening. We're kind of enduring the distribution of somebody else's gift. We're not in a season of really looking for our own gift. And uh, the main theme of, of the depot, which means, and that's what I'm calling the place, the depot. And the word depot is from a French word. It means to make a deposit. You know, I've, I, I've got three or 4,000 messages on uh, cassettes, probably B8 somewhere, but DVDs, <laughs> CDs, uh, you know. And uh, so you, 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 are, you become a skilled deliverer of the work. And I, really, a, a preacher's like a singer. I can take you into crying. I can take you into jumping. 
And it's, it's the way that we have this possibility of manipulating spiritually. You know, Jesus did it through the parables and different things. He got people's interest and kind of knocked them off their place. But, but it, it's more than that. I, I don't want to go places anymore just to be able to see if I can preach a message better than the last person. I can. I, 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 I didn't mean to say that. I, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> but that's not where we're at today. Where we're at today is what is the Lord saying? And what, what, what does it, you know, it, it's, it's not just what you're saying when the, when, the, when, the, when the guy asked Jesus the question, who is my neighbor? And he said, Jesus said back to him, what does the word say? And what does it say to you? Because the word says a lot of things, but it has to say something to you. And the theme for me at the depot at training people is finding your place in the harvest. There is a harvest. We're not going into revival. I know it's a shocker. We're not going into revival. We're going into an awakening. If God graces us, gives us more time, I'd say starting in November, to be able to continue where we're at, then we need to think like harvesters. We, you know, you just think about going in the military, guys working in garages, painting houses, building houses, working in restaurants, and all of a sudden they go into this other total environment that they, are, they can no longer think like a grocer. They can no longer think like a, uh, you know, like a baker or a butcher. That ha that's why there's such intense training to take up ownership. That's why you become a GI. You are a government issue. You know, you, you don't belong to yourself anymore. My brother was in the Navy in 1957. He fell asleep on the beach in St. Petersburg or Clearwater, got a sunburn where he couldn't uh, put his jumper on, and he got put, and they, they, they put him in the brig for a day or two. Why? Because you're, it's like sticking dirt down the end of your gun. Your body does not belong to you anymore. It belongs to the government. Well, so it is in the kingdom of God. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price. I don't belong to me. Say that. I don't belong to me. I've been, I, I'm like, the Bible says I'm like currency. I'm currency. See, I, this is my currency. I can spend that wherever I want to. It don't talk back to me. You belong to God. You're, 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 you're a currency. You, and he can spend you any place he wants to. And, 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 and you know, that money's not going to talk back to me. So I, I want God to use me in these last days. You know, in these days, you know, Caleb was 80 and said, I want my mountain or 85. I, I'm, I'm 73. I'm, I'm just a child compared to some folks in here. <laughs> so, but I still have this thing where I got to be in the game. I want to be in the game, man. And I, I prayed for two things in my older age. And uh, one of them is for grace and I forgot the other one. <laughs> no. <laughs> and that God would let me be useful. Yeah, How many know that's the greatest thing yeah, yeah. you can feel? There's nothing worse.
I had all those men all those years in the Good Samaritan Inn. And uh, they, they, I had a work ethics program. You came in the program, you're going to learn the word. You're going, to be, you're going to be an intense prayer. We'll have deliverance if you need to. But when you get off the, up off the floor and wake up the next morning, we're going to work. Yeah. Why? Because God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. You know, work didn't start after the curse. It started before the curse. Work is a blessing because it lets you feel useful. Now I'm just going to throw you a total curve. <clears throat> Can I get some water, please? And that is uh, what I want to talk about today. Oh, darling, thank you. That water will be so much better. I appreciate you and all that, Bob, but not, not like that. <laughs> 45 years ago when I got saved, this coming November, you guys know my story better than I do. Terrible drug addict. Bad life, crime, all that. But on the third Saturday, November 1975, about 12 o'clock in the afternoon, lightning struck and God raised me from the dead. That day, the guy that led me to the Lord, <clears throat> Gordon Biffus, he was a frustrated uh, pastor by not having a church and I was a lost lamb that needed a pastor. So instead of starting a church, for 10 months, we were in the Word constantly, every day. We were witnessing together. So it was kind of the model for the Good Samaritan Inn that, that he, he, he began to show me that what would change my life was the Word in me. Yeah. The Word of God, it's like building a ship in a bottle. This is an earthen vessel. There's a lot of folks walking around, got a little bitty boat laying at the bottom of the bottle. They, they haven't constructed, and what you're building is Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. And so when you, when you live in the shade or in the sound of the thunder, and you, don't, and you can't hear his voice, then that's how you lose interest. You know, being saved is high adventure, man. I mean, it's absolutely high adventure. Why? Because where are you going? I have no idea. And it's supposed to be that way. Jesus said when a person's born again, they're like the wind. They don't, the wind don't know where it's going. It's just, it's, it's at the call of the, the force of God. And the same way it is with us. And so the day I got saved, he brought out his Daniel and Revelation compared chart. <clears throat> Has anybody ever seen that? Yeah. Uh, 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 Larkin wrote the book, The Dispensation of Truth, back in the, maybe before 1911 or 20 or something. And so it compared Daniel and Revelation. Revelation, the book of Revelation, is the lost week of Daniel. And if you study uh, the book of Daniel, you'll see that Daniel is the one that received the prophecy because he, he, he was, how I many know Daniel was a praying man? And he, he prayed until he literally got sick trying to ask God the question. He, he got the revelation of Jeremiah's prophecy that they would be in Babylonia, Babylon for 70 years. It was coming to the, another part of that and he thought, my God, what's going to happen to my people? 
the remnant that's still there where Jeremiah was prophesying and the, some of the prophets, and then Daniel was in Babylon. And as he prays, if you read the Daniel 8, 9, 10 in there, in chapter 9, you find the prophecy of the 70 weeks of Daniel. Now that word, weeks, just means seven. So it was 70 sevens, 490 years. Well, that was fulfilled in the fact that it was 483 years from the commandment to build the temple until Christ, the Messiah. Then there's a missing week. And that missing week, God told Daniel to seal the book until the time of the end. You know, when I got saved, uh, Tim LaHaye, Hal Lindsey, all those guys, the late great planet Earth, Distant Thunder, uh, uh, Left Behind, all those series came from that time. In the 70s, we thought we were going that day. I mean, Gordon taught, here was the witness. When we went in every, when we went in someplace, we didn't say, do you know Jesus loves you? I scared little old ladies. I scared young people. I'd catch them with their head in the meat case and say, hey, do you know the Lord's coming soon? <laughs> and, so, and so that was the word. I, I, I wanted everybody to know, man, that somehow, so I was born into a prophetic vein when I was born again. I love to preach. I love to preach, uh, you know, topics. Then I fell in love with brokenness, and that happened because of my own story. You know, I knew I could never walk by anybody and say there's no hope for them because I knew me. And in all the years I did what I did with these men with a residential program called the Good Samaritan Inn, I never met one of them in more shape than me. And so that, that was in me, but still in the back was this prophetic yearning, knowing that I was born again and born. Incidentally, I'm one year older than Israel. I'll tell you about that in a minute. <laughs> that I was born again into this, this, this thing, living on my tiptoes. Be ye therefore ready for an hour that you think not, the Son of Man cometh. You know, Jesus told us to watch and pray that we don't enter into temptation. For the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. In your spirit, doesn't your spirit want to know everything that you can about God? And, and how many would like to know what time it is right now? I brought something for you. You ready? I'm going rock and roll on you this morning. Suspenseful, isn't it? Can you tell I'm old? <laughs> but at one time, I was actually hip. So. 
I want to talk to you about a word. It's called somnambulism. Somnambulism. S-O-M-N-A-B-U-L-I-S-M. Somnambulism. It's the interpretation of his sleepwalking. Sleepwalking. You know, where you, how many's ever heard of walking pneumonia? It's it, it's something you, you, you know. My son used to do this. He did some weird things in the middle of the night because you know you can't distinguish night from day. You can't distinguish between uh, what's going where you're at. I've done a little of it, but I, I had help. And, and so, but I'm saying some people naturally do that, and then some people spiritually do that. So my text today, if you have your Bible, is Romans chapter 13. And don't, how many got your little hand out today? No, just, the, did you get, no, the first one's on. How many got the first one? Hand that out to them while I'm doing this. Romans 13. There ain't nobody here but us. You'll be all right. Incidentally, what I'm going to start today, and I've never been able to do this, I have the good pleasure to be able to finish it today and October 4th. The pastor's going to be going somewhere. So I, I, want, I want to start something with you today. You know, they say the first step of learning is doubt. You know, when, when I tell you something and you're looking at me like a mule staring at a new gate, I know I got you. Yeah. Why? Because there is an answer. And I th- everybody should know what time it is. Why? Because time and urgency run together. When does something become urgent? When you start running out of time. You know, Gary, my friend, stand up, Gary. Julie, these are, this is my... Gary Tussie was my original first associate pastor in 1981. 39 years, 39 years ago. Amen. It's good to have them today. Thank you, guys. So we need, to, we need to understand, and he's a builder. I was a builder. You know, when you get down to the punch-out list, you get down to the people wanting to move in or people needing to move out, you have to literally make a list of things to do. And if he's like me, we'd make one list, do it, get that done, go through the house, make another list. And then the owners would want to do a walkthrough and they want some changes. And so it's natural. See, the Lord spoke to me the other day. The Bible said that Jesus is coming after a bride that does not have a spot or wrinkle. And God dropped in my spirit the other day that the bride's dress, you know, all the stuff that's going on, you know, since February, March, pandemic, 40 million people out of work, riots in the street, burning down cities. And the Lord, you know, we're all interiorly asking what's going on. And the Lord said to me, the, the bride's dress is in the cleaner. It's being cleaned. And the spots and wrinkles are coming out. What is that? That's the half in, the half out. That's the, that's the stuff that is not, it is not pure. It's not holy. 
And now, I, holiness happens because of Jesus. It happens because Jesus only, it's not, doesn't happen because of shaving haircut. It happens because of Christ in me. But if I have an anemic, emaciated relationship with Jesus, then it becomes, and God, some had to be saved by fear. Some have to be saved, according to James, by fear. But we've lost the fear of God. See, right now, people are, right, right now, they're, they're, not, they're not repenting to God. They're mad at Wuhan. And now California's on fire. I saw a thing the other day where a senator drove 600 miles and couldn't get out of the smoke. It's, it's, it, here's the word they used. It's apocalyptic. They think global warming did that. So they have no place to repent. They're not going to repent. They're mad. The, the, the liberals are mad at the conservatives and the conservatives with the liberals because, we, we're, you know, somebody wants to kill babies, somebody doesn't. Somebody wants men to marry men, somebody doesn't. And so we're in this conflict, and that's not even a fleshy thing. It is not flesh and blood that we're wrestling against. You cannot defeat this thing by sleepwalking. You have to be awake, be alert. You know, that's one of the things they're saying about the change culture people. They're woke. Well, bless God, I want to tell you something. I'm woke too. God's woke. God's way awake. Nothing slips up on God. Everything in this world happens by either uh, 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 permission or design. God either designed it. The devil can't do nothing. You know, when the, when the sons of God were meeting in Job, uh, uh, meeting in the book of Job, God gave the devil permission. He, matter of fact, it's like he started the fight. He said, have you considered my servant Job? And so if, if God, God instigated the battle, he has a right to do that. If Jesus died for you and filled you with his spirit and armed you with his armor and his weapons... His word, his name, his gifts, his spirit. Don't you ever think you're going to stay outside the ring. You're going to have to fight that thing. And that thing is you. And then, that th and then the devil can instigate this thing. Did you know that Jesus could not have been crucified unless God gave permission? Pilate said, don't you know I have power to crucify you? And Jesus said, you don't have any power unless it comes from above. I'm not down here being murdered. You're not murdering me. You know, you, 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 nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down. I'm not the victim of a crime. I come to be a holy sacrifice that my blood could save the sins of the whole world. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not walking around down here afraid you're going to kill me. I'll never get a picture of them throwing Jesus down on the cross. No way. He laid down his life. And so we have to understand how things work. Now, when you think about time, that little piece of paper you got there, look at that. Everybody get one of them? If, if, if there wasn't enough, anybody didn't get one? Everybody get one? There's a, you see that little red dot? 
Now, right now, it's just hanging in space. It, look, that's good. I baptized myself in water. It says, you are here. Do you ever feel like that? My, my friend, Buddy Bippus, you remember Buddy? He had a shirt, and on the front it said, I love this place. When he walked by it, the back of it said, where am I? <laughs> so so it's, it's kind of that way because when I thought about the, the end of the world when I was a kid, incidentally, we live in a world without end. There will be a new heaven, a new earth. It'll, it'll be renovated, baptized by fire and renewed. And so I, I thought, thank you, brother. I thought, like, one day we'll be walking around and boom! My grandma and them would talk about the end of the world. But no, this, this thought, there's an eternity past and there's an eternity in the future. God lives outside of time. He, God, God doesn't live inside time. Time lives inside God. And so God, God, God has this, this thing called time that he built parameters around. Now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth and made Adam and Eve eternal. Eternal. So, God, God's purpose was for us to have eternity in our heart, according to Ecclesiastes, and, and you do. That's why we have a conscience. We, we know that we're more than this skin and these bones. <clears throat> so, somehow in God's... My God, brother, I feel like I already get down there with you. I did it. It was me. <laughs> So I want to talk to you today about finding yourself in this place there. How do I, how do I know where I'm at? Well, I brought you an overlay. You ever, you'll go to like King's Island or Disneyland or any of these places. And even at the mall, they have this little station. You punch the button, it says, you, you are here. You know, but I didn't give, I didn't give you all that. But this second thing... And it's a little crude because I'll, I'll, I'll admit to you, I was up to about 11 or 12 o'clock drawing it last night. And I, I wanted to do it just because, so I could help you, because I want to take you to the end of the age and bring you backwards. How many understand that there will be a time when that great angel stands on one foot on the water and one foot on the land, raises his hand and says, time will be no more. So when that, when that bell rings, then there is eternity. This is why we appeal to people. This is why we preach the gospel. This is not about, you know, people ask me about drinking, smoking, doing all that stuff. Listen, the grace of God will save you and keep you. But if you want to be fit for the kingdom, then you have to sanctify yourself. You don't go into no battle with packs on your back and Weights on your back, you don't do that. So the question is, heaven or hell upon this earth? Because God give us a mechanism called a will. Isn't that great? If you die without God, you lose your will. You can never move again. You can never think your own thoughts again. You don't have your own thoughts now. You ain't never had an original thought in your life. Where's that camera at? None of you. 
Why? Because you're caught between the influence of God and the devil. So these influences, they're like radio waves or, or they're, like, they're like signals that are passing through the air. That's why the devil's called the prince and the power of the air. And so without, without uh, being born again to where you get the apparatus, you get the apparatus, you, your spirit becomes absorbed into his spirit, and now you can hear the word of God. Because the, 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 the natural man cannot receive the things of the spirit of God because they're foolishness to him. And neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. You do not have a discerner until you get born again. That's why when I preach the truth, you know, the scripture says you should know the truth and the truth will make you free. But a person that's not born again, here's what it is. You should know the truth and the truth will make you mad. Who died and made you God? You talking to me, who you think you are? I remember telling that guy about what was up behind my dad's pool room and drunk, crazy. And I went back in and I was witnessing to all of them. And uh, 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 he, he'd run in his mouth. And, You're saved. I'm saved. You know, just drunk as he could be. I, 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 I've been to church. I said, well, the Holy Spirit made me do it. The Holy Spirit said, say to him, uh, a man says he knows me and don't keep my commandments. He's a liar and the truth is not in him. Oh, my God, man. He was, they had to hold You calling me a liar? I said, no, man, wait a minute. I'm not calling you a liar. God's calling you a liar. And so the fact is, and it's the same way whatever parts you move into. When people start thinking about the coming of the Lord, you know, 2 Peter chapter 3 said, in the last days scoffers would come, saying, where is the promise of his coming? Everything remains the same since our fathers fell asleep. What did what what, what they say? My grandpa talked about that. That's what we would say today. You know, my grandma talked about that. They, but, but see... People have not been watching. you got to watch. That means to be awake. Watch. And they haven't been watching. See? When Noah built the ark, and incidentally Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. 120 years. He built that thing. They came. They looked. You know, I, I, you know they had to check that out, man. And, and, and he, he tried to, to tell them, and they just didn't get it. Here's what I say. If they didn't get the boat, they should have got the animals. My God, man, Noah didn't catch them animals. There's something that was put in them animals that I believe they, they still have. We know like earthquakes and things like that, th weather things. Who takes off running first? The deer, the, the animals, the, they, they want to get out of there. Why? Because they have a sense that something is going to happen. 
I believe there's a group of people here alive today that know they are a part of the rapture generation. They know that when they got born again, they are a part of the generation that's going to see the coming of the Lord. I'm not, I'm not studying the plagues. I'm not studying all that. I'm studying the time, and I'm studying the events, and I'm watching the animals. I'm trying to help people understand that the animals have been getting on the boat for a long, long time. But the biggest animal that ever got on that boat, that spiritual boat with us, happened in 1948, March the 14th, I believe it was, when Israel became a nation. See, Jesus couldn't even come back unless there's an Israel and the Jews were in their own land. So anybody could have figured out that he couldn't come back before 1948. Why? Because there was no Jerusalem to come to. There was not, there was, so God had to reestablish his people after 2,000 years. Does that blow your mind a little bit? Scattered throughout the graveyards of the world and the Holocaust, which God knew about. I remember while I was in Israel, 1981. I'm going to try to go back next year. It'll be 40 years. When I was in Israel in 1981, my little guy took us to the Holocaust Museum. And she's crying and we're talking. I'm young. I didn't know how to have much finesse. But I said, did you know that one of the last things the Jews said when they said crucify him, they said this, let his blood be upon us and our children. And they reaped that in 70 AD when Titus came through and threw the temple down, which Jesus prophesied 40 years earlier in Matthew 24. So we, the, the signals have been here. So let me, let me try to find out where you're at today. Give them the other thing. Y'all want to pass it out? You got it? Can you see it? What do you think about that? Hmm? That's good, ain't it? Yeah, set it over here. Well, then I'm going to mess your head up a little further. Now, look, this, this is your time map. Okay? If you, if you, how many know, if you don't know where you're at, it's definitely hard to know where you're going. If you don't know where you're at, if you don't understand what time it is, you know, uh, on your paper, you know, we'll just make this is time. It's, and, and it, this time is hanging. Just imagine if I took a fishing string, connected it to the uh, new tower in New York, and run it to the Golden Gate Bridge in California. And I put a ping pong ball on that line between that 3,000 miles. This is even a bad illustration. And I told you to find it. See? Well, it's the same way that if I, if I told you that we're, we're on a, a ball 25,000 miles around, going 22,500 miles an hour through space, and we're, we're in a galaxy that they found out that has billions of galaxies. And so we're hanging on this little piece of dirt that wasn't accidentally made. It has everything on it that we've needed to eat, drink, wear, 
uh, build uh, for 6,000 years. And let me tell you something. There ain't nothing running out till we get on. Uh, because God packed this thing right. So God packed this thing right. So it, it, that's one of the reasons the fires are in California is that the uh, um, conservationists, uh, the, what's the other word for them? Uh, environmentalists won't let them cut the brush out from under the trees. And so they built their own trap and then they want to blame it on global warming. Some, somebody with two matches could destroy them. So uh, it, it, this whole, this complex thing that's floating along. And then God was so kind that after after the, did you find a black one? You did, look at that. Brand new. You got a thing here on yours that says Adam, right? And then you go, I'm going to try to divide this in three equal parts, something like that. Not very equal. This is 2,000 years. And where does it go? It goes up to Abraham. Everybody knows Abraham, huh? Abraham's the father of faith. Incidentally, that was given the promise in Genesis 15 uh, that they would always have the land. That it would be Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Okay? And he promised that. Did you know what President Trump just signed? It's called the Abraham Accords. Did you, did you know until uh, 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 2017 that they hadn't had Jerusalem in, in over 2,000 years. Now the Jews have Jerusalem. And moreover, they have the Temple Mount. See, they lost that. Now, what, what does that mean? Well, that's where, one where they're going to build the temple. I mean, are they going to build a temple? It doesn't have to be done in our presence. This is 2,000 years. And this is... This is where, where, we, where we're at, or the period we're in. This is called law. Right here after this is when Moses was born. And so this was Levitical law. You got it? You got it? Can you see it? Here they lived under conscience. Remember Paul said, until the word come, I, I didn't even know that I was an adulterer. And then the word came. And sin uh, revived and I died. So the letter killeth, but the spirit brings life. So this dispensation here is called grace. Right? Or the church age. You are in the church age. And say amen. amen. Then right here, at the beginning of this, 30 years later, or after Jesus died 50 days, came Pentecost, okay? Pentecost. Well, Pentecost started, you know, that's where Joel prophesied that uh, he'd pour out the Spirit uh, on all flesh. The last days started right here. That began the last days. Well, how long is this? 2,000 years. What year is it? 2020. Okay. So 
2,000 years, 2,000 years, and 2,000 years. The Bible says, that, uh, Peter says, that 1,000 years is like what? What is it like? One day. So we've had 6,000 years of recorded history. Is that right? Is that right? Is that right? How many days did God work? How many? What did he do on the seventh day? He rested. So here, he's, here's the things that will happen. After the church age, the rapture. Is that on your list? That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. Does that excite you? <laughs> Verse 18 says, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. We got people in the church that don't want Jesus to come. They don't, man. They, they want to have a, they want to, you know, it's natural, but it's not supernatural. The last thing in Revelation 22, verse 21, come quickly, Lord Jesus. That was John. You know, look, I, I want you to come right now. What? Because, well, I, we want to try to save more people. Well, that's good. But did you know that the straight is the gate and narrow the way as few there be that find it and that while we're waiting, hell is enlarging itself? So we, we, this is why that we, we, we have to understand the urgency. Where are we considering that? After the rapture, there's this little period here. That thing is not one to work. Give me the blue one. It's not, it's this seven-year period. Is that on you thing? That's called the trib, the tribulation. That's Daniel's week. That's the seven years. It begins in chapter 6. It goes to chapter 18, the book of Revelation. When you read that, you're in the tribulation period. Chapter 19 is the return. I, I, I saw a white horse, and uh, behold, he that sat upon him... Uh, had many crowns on his head. He had a name which is called the Word of God. His vesture was dipped in blood, that whole thing. And he, this is where he destroys the devil. That's at the end of the Battle of Armageddon. How many's heard of that? So this, this whole thing, where are we when this happened? We're up here, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. Turn there in your Bible. It says, for we have not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. People th some people think the church is going through that. Here, here, here's why it don't make sense to me. In, in the book of Luke, chapter 17, it says, uh, uh, around verse 26 or 7, the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone. What day? The same day. So there is a simultaneous thing that's going on. All hell is breaking loose. Now, let me tell you something. We, uh, this earth ain't seen nothing yet. 
These are called signals. They're called sorrows. They're, they're, they're called birth pains. That's what the word sorrow is, travail. And the earth is groaning. All creation is groaning to be clothed upon. This mortal wants to be swallowed up into immortality. We're, we're craving that. And if you're not craving that, then this is where five times in the book of Revelation God said repent. He says about the Laodicean church age, which we're in, you say you're rich, increase with good, and have need of nothing. I say you're wretched, poor, blind, naked, and miserable. That, his view is that. Our view is we're rich, increase with good, and have need. His view is the word. Our view is the thunder. What we think. That's why we, we, we have to wake up out of this somnambulism, this sleepwalking. You can put my text up now, Romans chapter 13, so they don't think I'm a heretic. I don't know where I started. That clock back there, right? That's a shame. Hang <laughs> on. Well, I'll take you just a little further. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And that knowing the time, Knowing the time. That word is kairos. We heard that word, Gary, almost 40 years. Dutch sheets. Come to our little uh, pastor's conference. It is a strategic time. It's a set time. It's like, in the negative, it's like when David went up on the roof and Bathsheba was there. David was out of place. It was a time for kings to be at war. And so the devil set a trap that God worked together for his good. But there's, there's a time. There's a time that we should be looking for. That set time. And we should be embracing it. Why? Because I, 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 I want to I be a part of the harvest. I don't want to go back to sleep thinking, well, I'll get that later. You, you know, I got a snooze button on my everything around me. My alarm clock. My phone, I'd put one on the bedroom door if I could. Because we, we have a tendency to want to, you know, just a little more, just a little more, you know, a little folding of the hands, you know, a little, little resting a little more. But there comes a time, I've been studying the Minutemen. I like studying, how many know who the Minutemen were? They were the, they were the, the special forces of the Revolutionary War. They were all under 25 years of age. And they had to be the first ones on the battle. And they had to, it's like, like what the Army Reserve is now, they have to stop their job when the bell rings. We're like firemen, man. We, we can be cooking, sleeping, playing games at the firehouse, and all of a sudden the bell goes off. But your ear has to be trained for the bell. And the fact is that the generation that is alive right now does not believe that it's possible for Jesus to come. You know, do you know there's several times, I'll talk more about this next time. There are several times, see, there, there are uncommon moments scattered across time. This is why in Matthew 16, 13, Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He wasn't checking out his popularity. He wasn't trying to, you know, he wasn't looking, you know, for a bunch of groupies. 
He was wanting to find out, I'm here. I'm not coming anymore. I'm not going to be here. I am here. And now I want to know who they think I am. I'm up there casting out devils, raising the dead, feeding the multitudes. I want to know who they think is doing it. They, ha they haven't understand that while they were asleep, I slipped in. I didn't come like a warrior. I came like a snowflake, born as a baby, raised up at the feet of, of the doctors, knowing the word of God, living in obscurity. And then one day, bam, it was time. How did I know? Because John came. Let me tell you what's coming on the earth in a more intense way than ever. The spirit of Elijah. The spirit of Elijah. I've been saying it for a long time. What is that? That's forerunners that are telling people, make straight the way of the Lord. Make straight. What does that mean? Prepare to meet your God. Amos 4.12. How can it be? Jesus took it further. He said, well, who do you say that I am? And Bibermouth, rebel, Peter, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. They, they knew it. They thought he was John the Baptist, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. That wasn't good enough. He wanted to know, do they know that I am that I am? And they didn't yet. His first message in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, he goes into the temple. He goes into the temple. The rabbi hands him the scroll of Isaiah. Duh. That wasn't like a Bible. It was rolled up. He already had it unrolled to Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the good news. My God. To heal the sick. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To pardon and then he sat down. They had heard that for 750 years. Isaiah wrote that 750 years. They had heard that in synagogues for that long. But this day, this moment, that moment, that, that uncommon moment, all of a sudden, he sits down, but every eye turned to him. I mean, his words were so captivating and powerful. It wasn't like when that rabbi was read it. They turned to him, and when he fully had their attention, he said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. My ministry in this day that I'm living, I'm not going around having Bible studies with people to try to discern if they're trib, mid-trib, post-trib, Frankly, I don't care. I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming whether you like it or not, and you better get your house in order, and you better get everybody you know around you ready to meet the Lord. How do I know? Because I can see, I can hear, and I've watched the animals for 50 years trying to get on the boat. This is that day. These scriptures... 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 52. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, die, but we shall all be changed. 
in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. For the Lord himself, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with the top of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And listen, that excites me. So what time is it? I'm going to close here. Can the musicians come up and join me, and then I'll get somebody to help me finish here. After this seven years, you see an arrow coming back. This is what's called the second coming. How many know there's a difference? How many know there's a difference? The second coming. If you go to, I don't know if I put it in your notes, but mark a note there. Zechariah 14, 4. What it says, in that day that his feet shall touch down on the Mount of Olives. He's coming back right where he left. Remember when he went up? They're all looking at him. He said, why stand you here gazing? The same Jesus will come again in like manner. So we know after that becomes, out of that people will live. They'll go into this. It's called the millennium. Millennium means a thousand years. Or a thousand, it just means a thousand. So what is that? Two days, two days, two days, that's six days. On the seventh day, what happens? God rests. So what are we going to do? We're going to rest. We're going to a thousand years. We come back with him and rule and reign like the angels are now, but we're not angels, we're saints. And the Bible said if we reign, we reign in life by one Christ Jesus, we're going to rule with him. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God because it's foolish. Revelation 1 5 said, He washed you in His own blood and made you a king and a priest. You don't believe you're a king. You don't believe you're a priest. Why? Because you, you're, you, our heads don't absorb that. The natural man can't get it unless you lay in the presence of God and let, it, let Him ride it upon the tables of your heart. So, living in the world without Jesus. I've said this hundreds of times. It's like going to a 3D movie without your glasses. We don't see the other dimensions. I see it, I see it plain as day. Well, how do you know? In February this year, we were moving along, going along. Greatest economy in the world. And then, not an atom bomb, not all the armies of the world converge, but a germ. A germ. Turn loose. People say, well, some man did that. Listen, when, when Israel was taken into Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar didn't do it. God did it. God did it because of their disobedience about keeping the Sabbath. So God did it. If you think that God doesn't have any part of this, you've lost your marbles. God wouldn't do that. Are you crazy? God killed 186,000 men in their sleep when they come against Israel. 
1,500 years after the world was, 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 was created, God sent a flood and killed everybody on it but eight people. But if you, if you don't understand how things work, you'll think that God murdered all those people. But in Peter, it said that God sent the flood to save us. Why? Because there wouldn't have been a, there wouldn't have been a righteous seed. There wouldn't have been no Abraham. There wouldn't have been no Isaac. There wouldn't have been no Joseph. There wouldn't have been no Moses. There wouldn't have been nothing because there wouldn't have been a seed left. God was protecting righteousness with the flood. And that's what he's going to do with the rapture. He's always had an evacuation. Lot went out. The pain came down. Noah went in. Rain came down and the ark went up. God is not sending Jesus after his bride while she's locked up in the basement, out of church, afraid to move, has no desire to come back in the middle of the assembly. And the Bible says, here's the problem, that when you see the day approaching, that we should assemble more. And if you cannot see the day approaching, you think we got more time and more time and more time and more time, and we don't. The commodity that this world is running out of is time. And I advise every believer, pick up your arms. Come on, pick up your arms. Get your mind off yourself and decide to serve the king. Listen, somebody said, said to me, Here's the way I feel. If I can be killed by COVID-19, then I need to be. Why? Because I, I, I'm believing that God raised me from the dead to be a part of the end time ministry. And if, if I can be killed, I need to be killed because I'm going to mess too many people up while I'm here. Listen. Take your place in the harvest. Intercessors, find your place to bury your knees and your face. Every worker, let this be the most stellar day of your Christian experience to be working in the house of God. Listen, I love Acts 13, verse 3. Acts 13, 3 says, and two, two, verse 2 says that at the church of Antioch there were prophets, teachers, and, 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 and gift, people with gifts. And verse 3 says, as they ministered to the Holy Ghost, to, to the Lord, the Holy Ghost said. Now how many think that our ministry right now needs to be ministered to the Lord? Not sitting around worrying about a disease, a disease that has a 99 point 750 life rate. I'm not worried about the death rate. I believe in the life rate. I had H2N2 when I was 10 years old, 1957. I was sick unto death. But God raised me from the dead then. Then God raised me from the dead in 1975. And then my liver failed and God raised me from the dead again. In November 19 years since somebody died to give me their liver. 2,000 years since somebody died to give me their heart. And God, and because of that, I'm 
not going to take the time that I've been appointed to and be concerned whether or not I'm politically correct. I was born to be politically incorrect. Amen? I understand being scared. I understand it. I understand safety. I understand it. You know, you couldn't even come in to see me 19 years ago unless you were in a suit. But one germ would have killed me. But this thing came. It's here. Can I have five more minutes to finish here, sir? Can I take five more minutes to finish? In two months, the country was shut down. An economy that went to 40 million people out of work. Not since the Great Depression. Does that seem normal to you? That's not called, that's not called even an epidemic or pain. That's called a sorrow. The problem, uh, my daughter's having a baby. She had that um, fake pain, Briggs. Bradman, Braxton Hicks, where you think you're having a baby and you're not. This world has thought that before. He's coming, he's coming, it's bad. First World War, Second World War, all the wars, Vietnam, uh, Korea, bad, 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 bad. But see, the baby didn't come. And now what's going to follow this? The baby is coming. This time he won't be on a donkey. He'll be on a big white horse, settling all your scores, getting all the revenge for everything that's ever been done against him. He will avenge. And then, wasn't enough that we went into that. They killed a young fellow up in Minneapolis, Georgia. Uh, I'm sorry, his name escaped me. A lot of names escaped me. Wrong, it was wrong, it was wrong, it was wrong. There's nobody could have thought that was right. The way that guy died with a knee on his neck. It's wrong. But somehow mingled in, it, it's happened several times. That mingled in in the midst of that. Anarchists, uh, terrorists, you call them anything you want, are mingled in there. Black Lives Matter has a good side and a bad side. Just like Christians. Jesus left his name. You know, Jesus said, many will come in my name saying I'm Christ. But everybody says they're Christians, not a Christian. And they take advantage. They make the church look bad. They made everything. But Jesus prophesied this. Nation shall rise against nation. That word is ethnos. Ethnic groups against each other. And here we are, and people are saying, so-and-so did it, so-and-so did it, and this did it. I'm going to tell you something. Everybody loves, I'm closing. I'm going to read my text at the end. Everybody loves 2 Chronicles 7, 14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, Forsake their wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways. I'll hear from heaven. I will heal their land. But they miss verse 13, which says, If I, God, if I send a famine, 
If I send the form, the sword, if I send a pestilence, if I send a pestilence, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, nobody's repenting because they, they think that God's somewhere in a corner and has nothing to do with it. Are you crazy? Are you telling me that God's in on this? I'm most certainly telling you and anybody else to listen. You better believe God's in on this. Why? Because we broke the culture. 1925, the Scopes Monkey Trial. We threw creation out of school, picked up evolution. 1962, we threw out the Bible. 1963, we threw out prayer. 1973, you could kill babies. And in 2015, a man can marry a man. And the and Supreme Court ruled on that. I, I've, said, I've said many times, I got more confidence in Diana Ross and the Supreme than I do this Supreme Court. Nine men in black robes, and if you stood them all on top of each other's shoulders, they can't reach a righteous conclusion. They proved it over and over. Why, who was standing there while it all happened? The church. Me. You. And that's why God says to us, if my people, not the world, if my people, if the church will understand that I have goodness and I have severity, I have come unto me and depart from me, I never knew you. That's where we've lost the fear of the Lord. We have swamped the world with so much grace that we've lost the fear of the Lord. And I'm telling you, here's the good news. I believe it's the greatest day in history to be alive. I, I believe this is one of them uncommon moments. There was only one group that stood on both sides of the cross. There's only one group that's going to be here at the coming of the Lord. There was only one group that saw the baby born. There's a whole group stationed here that's going to see, going to hear this sound from heaven. Are you excited about it? Next time I come, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, we'll finish this. I'll, I'll finish these circles anyway. After the millennium, there is a new heaven. Oh. The devil trying to take heaven from me. There's a new heaven and new earth. Amen. Say, it's not going to finish bad. Say, it. it's not going to finish bad. It's going to finish real. It's going to finish real, real good. I want to read my text. Can you put my text back up? Uh, Romans 13. Knowing the time. And, 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 and do that knowing the time. That it's now high time. That's like an extinct time. This is, this is that time. It's high time to wake out of what? Some nebulism. Sleepwalking. 
For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Can you put the next verse up? The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. We're not the children of the darkness, but children of the light, that that day should overtake us like a thief. And let us put on the entire armor of light. You see, on there I had circles like this for the church age. There's a little line drawn right there that says, you are here. Right? You see it? You are here. That is 2 Timothy. 3-1. Can you hear me? 2 Timothy 3-1. It says, In the last days, perilous times shall come. There's a whole litany of lists. Read them in a lot of different translations. And then read the news about Portland, Minneapolis, Seattle, and the world itself. And understand this, the word, anybody know who Rick Renner is? I was listening to him the other day, I love this. The word last days is the word eschatos. S. E S C A T O S. Does that sound like any other word you know? Eschatology. Eschatology is the study of last things. This word last days means the last of the last of the last of the last of the last. If you're talking about harbors, I'm using his illustration. It means if you're sailing, it'll be the last, very last port you go to. We are, we are parked in the port before the coming of the Lord. How many years is it going to be, John? I got no idea. But here's what I believe. California's on fire. It's the worst of the worst of the worst that they've had. You know where it's at? Washington, Oregon, and California. You know where the liberals wouldn't let the president come in and bring troops while they burnt the cities down? Seattle, uh, Portland, and in California. Yeah, it's a coincidence, no? The other day, they had the, uh, the Blackberry fire. The wind blew it up. Now, I'm closing with this. Now, listen to this. I was listening to music, which I love to do at night. I like to put my earbobs in and listen. And, and while I'm in the middle of that music, the, the Spirit, one word came to my mind. Amos. God said to me, Amos. And I thought, well, I, I need to read something in Amos. I'm not going to read it. You read it today when you go home. I never, it never hit me. Reading the word 45 years, it never hit me. God said, read Amos. Seven times between the first chapter and the second, two verses in the second verse, it says this. 
I will send a fire upon Gaza. I will send a fire upon Teman. I will send a fire. I will send a fire. I will send a fire. They were probably trying to figure out who the pyromaniac was. See, God's a God of mercy. But the Bible says, where is the God of judgment? We've lost him. We've already been judged. I'm not going to heaven to be judged. I'm going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ for rewards. Do you understand that? You, you, if you accept the Jews, you've been judged at Calvary. You're not going to be condemned. But what about the people that are lost? What about the people that need to know what we know? What about all the time that we've said, we're going to, I'm going to tell them one of these days. Well, I'm here to tell you today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ear. This is one of these days. And there's no use in trying to run from it. I won't have to say it. I'm not saying it now. It will come upon you. You'll know. Well, what do you do with that? A lot of choices. The chart's free, though. I'm going to give it to you. I want you to go tell people today, today I went to church and I found myself. I found myself. I know where I'm at. I'm trapped in this little thing called time down at the very end of it. There's a little of it left. There's no question. You're still breathing free air. But soon, you see, when Noah went into the ark, they didn't shut the door. God shut the door. God shuts this door. I've always pictured all those people that made fun of him out there, you know, mocking him. And then I pictured, I've always said, if they could find the ark, all down the side of it, there'd be human fingernails. Dig it. Oh, God, I believe you now. Oh, God, give me one more chance. Oh, God, just crack the door. Again, give well, God, please give me one more chance. It's what Jesus calls wailing and gnashing. I know this ain't popular preaching, but uh, I'm not looking for that. I have a new assignment, I'm going to fulfill it. And uh, does anybody want to say anything? You want me to close? Tim, come on. Oh, yeah. He's, he's coming up to straighten you guys out. Can we do this one thing before we before he does that? Will you shout with me? This is, this is a rapture drill. Okay? I'm serious. I told Phil Driscoll uh, uh, about a month ago, I was out there with Doc. I told him, I said, Phil, I feel bad about this, but I've got to tell you, when I prayed for you, I prayed like this, God, please do not take that trumpet off the earth. I said, I kind of like you too, God. So I'm looking for a trumpet, and I'm ready for a shout. Y'all ready for a shout? This is a rapture practice on three. Come on, stand up where you can clear your line. Ready? On three. We're going to shout. 
practice, practice, practice. He said, no, I don't want to hear it. Too late, you're going to. On three. One, two, three. Woo! trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com. trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodeicincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com.